This episode is brought to you by Northwind Adventures. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here. Say, if you ever wanted to experience the thrilling adventures of fantastic pulp fantasy stories at the tabletop, Northwind Adventures has got a role-playing game for you with Hyperborea. Based on the solid foundation of the original 1974 fantasy game, author Jeffrey Talanian has crafted an exciting, vibrant world using the inspiration of authors like Howard Smith and Lovecraft. With paper, pencil, and a handful of dice, your characters can explore the wonder, danger, and thrills of a rugged world beyond the North Wind. Explore dungeons, fight off monsters mundane, fantastic, and alien. Discover lost civilizations, battle mighty wizards, evil cultists, vicious warlords, and more. With 26 classes to choose from, your characters can quickly find fortune and glory on the road to high adventure, all in the land of Hyperborea. From Northwind Adventures, you'll find it at hyperborea.tv. Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. It's a nice day. Hey, I want to talk a few things about mysteries. Now, if you know, if you've listened to this this podcast for any length of time, you know, one of my tenets is every game is a mystery. No matter how much combat or adventure there is in there, it's all a mystery because you're trying to figure something out and resolve it. So taking that, I just wanted to talk about a few, I don't know, a few points about mysteries, murder mysteries, uh, whatever mysteries. How to keep the players on track, what the NPCs are doing, and all this kind of stuff. Now, you know that I like a simple adventure. I like a straightforward, simple adventure. That doesn't mean we can't muddy it up along the way. Heck, the player characters would probably do that for you. But the point is, if you're going to do a flat-out mystery, no matter how many encounters or adventure it has in there, you got to do a few things. First off, figure out what kind of mystery it's going to be. Say it's a murder mystery. So, okay, pretty straightforward. Somebody gets killed. Then, as a GM, you figure out, oh, let's see, how did this happen? You start working backwards, which is good. Then, you figure out, along the way, you'll probably figure out who did what. But you got to figure out where, too. And you've got to, to give the player characters enough clues to go on. Now, I do... I do Subscribe to the three-clue rule that the Alexandrian put out. Everything should have at least three clues to, or three ways to get to that clue. Just so you can keep the, the player characters on track. But that doesn't apply to NPCs. You ever read any mystery story or watch a mystery a, a movie or TV show and from Sherlock Holmes on down, they always had the police or the authorities there, and they get it wrong. They get it wrong not on purpose, but the the main characters just dig deeper. 
okay? And I'm not talking about police procedures. I mean, that that's kind of like, you know, that's their job. They should, they should really dig deeper. They're expected to. But things like, you know, the constables or the watch, things like that, they're good, but they're not as good at it as the player characters. At least that's what you, the, the impression you're trying to give. And that's what red herrings and other things, when I say messing up the scenario, basically red herrings, dead ends, and sometimes it's just the player characters figure it out quicker than the police do. So the police are not always the bumbling idiots you think they are. Um, I remember in, there's a movie called Mr. Arcaden that Orson Welles did. And I remember one character saying, do you know why police are always considered portrayed as dumb? It's because they don't have to do anything else. They don't have to be anything else. You know, criminals aren't the smartest in the world. Or but they just, they just, you know, it's the police. They, they just, because the police, here's what I'm saying. The police, if they can get a conviction on somebody they will take, let me put it this way, they'll take the past path of the shortest path of least resistance. If they if the say the murder points one way, but the player characters think it points another way, which one do you think the police are going to take? Yeah. The easy one. Whatever they can get a conviction on, whatever the DA can get a conviction on, they will take that. And this I'm not talking I'm talking talking real life. I'm, you know, this is just. You know, this is for, for dramatic purposes. They will say, oh, yeah, he did it because he is in love with her and he killed her. It was a crime of passion. Fine. You're thinking, no, wait a minute. Had a, he, had, he had a father who didn't like him. He also had a rival for the girl. Now, but they're going, no, 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 he did it, he did it. So they're just, they're basically trying to just solve the case as quickly as possible and possibly find the suspect. Find, find the guilty party and get them convicted. So, and sometimes they're not really, you know, above board with that either. I mean, there are corrupt cops. And, you know, if you're playing something like gangbusters, you bet there's corrupt cops. So, you know, think about that. Add, add a few twists and turns in there. And I'm not saying there can't be, you know, combat or encounters with this. I mean, how many, like, hard-boiled detective movies and novels, you know, where in the middle they try and beat up the private eye or the cop or whoever to keep them off the case, that kind of thing. I mean, Sherlock Holmes had his problems too occasionally if you watch the movies and things like that. But anyway, I think you get the idea. Try and make it as straightforward as possible, then add a few red herrings and dead ends and things like that, and it'll go much smoother. Okay, I got to start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognard at gmail.com, or you can drop a voicemail and anchor. We are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. And if you want to do a single donation, you can go to my Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard, or my PayPal tip jar, paypal.me slash oldmangrognard. Now, let me thank these people who do give to me monthly. Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, Jason, John, Allen, Aaron, Michael, Randy, and Joe. Thank you guys. I really appreciate it. 
And if you want to hear some other good podcasts, there's Dan Griggs, the Young Y-U-N-G, Young Grognard Podcast, Kevin at the Red Caps Podcast, Daniel Norton's Bandits Keep Podcast, Randy and Joe at the Biggest Geekest Podcast, Big John Allen Larges, the Red Dice Diaries, and my friend Eric Tenkar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.